0: Hello! Hello. Welcome to... Finish, Finish Big! ...2024! <laughs> I'm Mark. And I'm Joe. And we are listening our way through all of Big Finish, everything that they've done... ...in 2024! Ev- well, yeah, we're recording in 2024. It's our first
1: recording in 2024. <laughs> okay, alright. You may have thought we'd gone for good, or hoped, but we're back, baby!
0: <laughs> Yeah, we're making our way there, aren't we? I think we're in about nearly 2004. I'll say this. I
1: believe we're now well and truly on the second shelf on the oh, yeah. on the Library of Big Finish downstairs.
0: Yes, we are. Um, and this week, we are back to our, one of our favourite <sighs> yes. series. It is bun- Bernice bun- bun- Summerfield. Bun-
1: bun- I love adventure. Well, it's not
0: that Dun- theme anymore. We've got a new theme, oh, right. haven't we? Isn't that one? one? No. Dun, 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 no,
1: that, that dun, was the last one. Dun,
0: dun, this dun, dun, is the new one. This is the. How many fucking fame tunes does she have? This isn't the best one. I mean, you know, I love. I love an adventure. Oh, but this one is a bit more. Like the keyboard's gone a bit wrong. It's like, it's not in time. <laughs> it's, not... it's not in it's time, like the is keyboard's it? It's gone a bit wrong. And then these extra notes come in, you're know, like. Is someone... It's like um, it's a yeah. cat just walked it's, over the keyboard. It's like... That's David Darlington's finest work. How dare wow, you? I'm sorry. Like the cat's walked over the keyboard. <laughs> anyway, not the best theme tune. But it is. <laughs> we're back to Benny. <laughs> well, we're stuck with that theme tune for a few series now. Back to Benny and lovely Lisa. Oh,
1: we love Lisa Bowman. <laughs> we <laughs> love Bernie Summerfield.
0: At this <laughs> moment, has not come down for a fish supper. But did you invite her? I made a fish supper tonight, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Lisa... You're always available to come (laughs) to our house for a fish supper, okay?
1: Anyway, shall we... Although you might not want
0: to to... after we talk about these stories. (laughs) Shall I tell you what stories we're talking about today then? Yes, let's do it. They are the Bellatron incident. Oh, I don't have a quote. We better move on. What's my that? reason. No, it's like... <laughs> okay. uh,
1: the Draconian Rage. It's not the pain that bothers you, Professor Summerfield. It's the sense of invasion.
0: The Poison Seas.
1: I live in the waters. They live in
0: me. Can you do a sound effect over that one, please? And Death. And the Daleks. Be
1: We've been lured into a trap. I've been lured into a trap.
0: So these stories make mm. up Nice series four. A bit of a common theme. Have you noticed what it is? Have What's you all noticed everybody? Well, they,
1: they all feature but old Doctor Who villains. They all
0: feature Doctor Who villains, yes. I've got an
1: immediate trivia point on that. Oh, bring it on. Well, obviously these weren't selling so well. Because they weren't Doctor Who and Doctor Who was now available. So uh, Jason Gallery basically wanted... Uh, Doctor Who monster in every single story they were doing eight stories back-to-back here series four and series five So all the stuff that comes uh, in five the Gorilla escape uh, Crystals of Cantus and all of that that is all recorded alongside these ones and Gary Russell said look that just is too cynical Just to do Doctor Who monsters. So let's do Doctor Who monsters and big finish original monsters, which is why you get the Grail in there, and
0: why you get the Galliari in there as well in the next season. But at this point, we have talk Doctor, yeah. Doctor Who monsters. Does that appeal to you? Because, uh, I mean, we love Benny time, anyway. Actually, when
1: I was watching, when I was listening to these at the time, I really liked the different takes on all of these monsters, especially when they got a bit quirky, like the giant robots.
0: And they are doing something like a little that. bit different with them. They're not like rehashes they're not there they're part of the story which here we go oh how many minutes in are we which isn't like today oh let's bring back because <laughs> let's bring back because it'll be a good press release mm. I mean there is there is that like I yep. say but I feel like these are proper stories structured around the monsters each one's doing something they're different they're doing something different and Yeah. rather than maybe nowadays where it's just for the sake of it Very quickly, like, Bellatron actually shows
1: you the Rutan-Sontaran war and a planet that's affected by it. Uh, The Draconian race takes us to Draconia and shows us a very dark side of that culture that we've never seen before poison seas actually does the one thing that we've never really done before And don't say warriors that are deep because i don't count it and that's actually go under the ocean and see the uh, the um the sea devils under the sea
0: sea devils in the sea what a concept
1: (laughs) and then death and the daleks brilliantly and we'll get into them when we talk about that one didn't it even it wasn't even advertised as a dalek story no. they kept they held back the daleks as a massive surprise so i i think all four of them are actually quite mm. innovative in their own way
0: well should we just go straight into them one by one then yes indeed here I'm we ready. go well the first one is the bellatron incident by your favorite Mark tucker yeah released in june 2003 and as well, obviously, they all start Lisa Bauman as Bernice Summerfield. Perfection herself. Uh, they all also feature Miles Richardson as Irving Braxton. Oh, he's in all of them. He's, he oh, does appear he in all of them. a in each one. He? Yeah. Uh, but the main guest star this week is Louise Faulkner returning as Bev Tarrant. Excuse me, do you think she's the main guest star in it? She turns up 10 minutes before the end. Well, she's the drawing point. I, I thought she was in it more. Anyway, we'll get to that. Okay. As you say, it's written by Mr. Mike Tucker. Uh-huh. uh directed by Gary Russell uh, yeah, and the music, yeah. as all of them this time, is David Darlington. Poor David Darlington, who barely remembers, I think, Does Simon boy- Gurley is grilling him
1: for the Bernice Inside story. Yeah, But because he was juggling 500 Doctor Who releases at oh. this time, he was basically doing these in the equivalent of a coffee break. That's why he let the cat run over the keyboard. He wasn't watching. <laughs> <laughs> he was too busy. <laughs> he didn't know. Can you... Mulkey, you take care of the theme tune. <laughs> I'm doing flip-flop over here, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Flip-flop the story! <laughs> Flip-flop the story. You know what I mean.
0: <laughs> right, okay. So, I mean, I, I actually did buy this at the time. I bought all of them Because I was at going into my local... Did you not buy all of them at the time? Not all of them, but I was going into my local Waterstones and getting... Whatever was there that happened to the oh, no. That's right. Remember, you told me that you went in and you bought um,
1: the Ice Warriors story from the previous season and thought it was the most boring thing you'd ever heard. Yeah, put you off Bernie Summerfield for life.
0: And these ones, I, I, I mean, let's just put it this way: this is the first time I've got all the way through this one. Oh, really? And, and understood what was going on. Okay. I mean, as when was I, as a younger person, <laughs> mm. I just didn't hold my interest. Bernice didn't turn up quick enough, and <laughs> I Bernice just didn't wanted. Didn't turn up at all. What, what I wanted that? was what I love is Bernice Summerfield doing a funny one-liners, having a fun space adventure, and she doesn't turn up for a long time in this. So once you that there's this opening sort of prologue, and it goes on. And on oh, yeah. and on, it's at least ten yeah, minutes surely. I remember being this... on the tundra. And these are years all ago. Like... Come closer to the fire. Yeah, because <laughs> what we were only sort of four actors in each of these again. They're mm. budget releases in a way. Um, That's not a bad thing though. Can well, well, we no, please, no. no, it's not.
1: Rest- in state that doing a small cast audio is very often
0: a strength. Yeah. But when, like you say, you have Benice turn up quite a bit later on, and then Bev Tarrant. <laughs> Turn up much, much later on. You're like, how can they do this with the story? But I, I really enjoyed it this time because it's just a Rutan on this planet that is it's caught up. The, obviously the Santorian Rutan 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 war is going on in the background, but there's so there's a spaceship, isn't there? And they're monitoring this planet, and this planet hasn't had any outer space contact, mm. and they've detected a Rutan, and they want to investigate it, but they have to be really careful. Because they can't let the locals, old man sitting around the fire doing a 10 minute prologue, get involved. The trouble is, (laughs) is that planet
1: where they've detected a Rutan is drifting through space and it's going from Rutan space into Sontaran space. Mm. So suddenly there'll be a claim. So it's got Rutan's on it at the moment. That's fine. It's in Mm. Rutan space, but it's going to be in Sontaran space soon. So effectively, got to clear out. Otherwise, they'll all be murdered when they cross the lines.
0: The planet's moved that fast. up a lot. Well, I don't know. It doesn't matter. We need Jason Thompson. But it um, it's quite a slow start, and it's a quite a slow story. It's not. No, no, please. I'm gonna let you go first. I've got things to say about this. But, but no, going... but I did enjoy it. Um, and there's a great twist, which I because I'd never got all the way through, I didn't realise what the twist was. Are you talking about the twist?
1: Sorry, everybody, but this is very old now. That Bernie Summerfield, in fact, did not go down to the, uh, did not enter the story yeah. at all.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a terrible twist. Because you think she comes down, she's brought in to investigate this thing all the way through, and she so is. Tell me, this whole thing
1: is not a Benny story. It's yeah, just it's adventure I on that. planet, I think that's really good. drifting through space with these two Star Trek people, Captain and Lieutenant, and Beth
0: Tarrant. Yeah, I mean, when you explain it, you think, oh, God, that sounds terrible. But I, I really enjoyed it. It kept my interest after that 10 minute prologue. Um, and you're looking at me because you think you don't like Mike Tucker as a writer. I don't. Is that, and that's immediately biased you.
1: Possibly, yes. But I do have reasons why I think, actually, barring... Oh, no, maybe not even barring series two, I think this is the weakest script that's been written so far. Why? By a mile. Because you've got an atmospheric opening. Yeah, mm. and I actually quite like that opening. You're right, it, too, it goes on for about ten minutes. But... And then you get um, a set-up scene of Braxitel sending Bernice. Then you get half an hour on the spaceship before we even go down mm-hmm. to the planet. Half an hour of them doing scans. Yeah, but
0: they're not Star allowed to Trek go down style. to the planet. It's so Sounds
1: boring. Quite... I don't oh. want to watch Star Trek. I want to watch Bernice. Oh, well, that's the first time you said that. Wait, and then we go down to the planet and I kept thinking, well, I swear, Beth Terence in this. Yeah, and I, I'm not yeah. kidding you. I'm keeping my eye on the time. 40, about 50 minutes into this story, she turns up in a cave. And then suddenly the story's all about her, but she's literally only in it for 10 minutes. The structure of this script is appalling because then the, the the story starts when we get down to the planets. So that's two thirds in. Mm. Then she comes in, and then we learn that Bernice was never here at all. So the whole thing's irrelevant. It's just so weirdly Maybe structured. Maybe I
0: enjoyed it because I it wasn't how I remembered it and I hadn't got all the way through. So it did. I was like wanting to know what happened when Bev came in and why Bev was there. Is there trivia of why Bev is in there or just was it because it's Mike Tucker's character and he wanted it? Oh, yes. Actually, I've got some really interesting trivia about Bev Tarrant
1: mm-hmm. that's going to stun you to the very core of your being. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> never, I certainly have the ability to do that on a regular basis. So, Bev in The Genocide Machine. That's where we first met I love, her. Yeah, yeah. my favourite that was never going to be Bev Tarrant.
0: Oh, I think It you was said originally going
1: to be Bernice Summerfield. You, I think you mentioned
0: that, yes.
1: And so basically, Gary Russell said, this character's very like Bernice. Why don't you have her in the Genocide Machine instead? And Tucker tried to rewrite the script and he just couldn't make it work to fit into sort of New mm. Adventures continuity. I can't, I
0: can't imagine Lisa Bellman going... He wanted
1: to tell... Rappel! Rappel! <laughs> I think he wanted to tell a. Tica, no! <laughs> he wanted to tell a season 25-star story, didn't he, with McCoy and Ace. That's yeah. the sort of thing he's going for in the Genocide Machine.
0: Maybe it doesn't want any plants growing on it. Oh, awful. <laughs>
1: awful. He just can't. Do you know what, right? The, the biggest problem with this is he does not have the skill to write dialogue. No, no, wait. When there's this much lack of incident. Nothing mm, happens in this no, story. Yeah, no. So you need to be a bloody good writer to keep people's interest. But he can't characterise well enough to, to sort of smooth over this much lack of interest. And he certainly can't write the dialogue to do it. So I was just sitting there listening to functional dialogue whilst nothing happened. So I feel like it was about an hour and ten minutes. It felt like about five hours to me. And we was away on holiday. I quite it I should have been it, having though. the best time cozy. of my life. I think, I
0: think it's like a sit like, round the campfire fire the room type one to was, The hotel room was cosy. We together around the fire. And listen to it, I think. This nice. was not cozy. Okay.
1: Um and also, by the way, Lisa Bowerman was down to direct the genocide machine originally. Oh. And guess who got in her way?
0: Oh god, who? Who it direct-
1: Your favourite of mine, Nicholas Briggs, oh, who god. literally used the None. phrase, do you expect to see do you, sorry, do you want to see a grown man cry? Because he wanted to be able to direct the first
0: Dalek story. Oh, my God. I would swap Lisa <laughs> Bauman out and get Nick Briggs out of there any day. Come Lisa on. Bauman's direction is second to none. I think the whole world would be better if you swapped everything Nick Briggs did and put Lisa Bauman there instead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my, my God. Writing right and directing and acting And as the voice well. of the Daleks, the TV series. Yeah. Oh, my God, imagine. Amazing.
1: Um... <laughs> But basically what Mike Tucker said is We'd exhausted everything we could do with Bev meeting the Doctor So they did the Genocide Machine And they did Dust Breeding mm. um, So they brought her in to, I think they felt as if there was a, a fusion Between Benny and Bev Because well, the fact that you could change the two characters in that story That they could, they could work together
0: well mm. And let's be honest, she does go on to do great things there. So she's not been in any of the books or anything, yet, no, Because no, no, no. later on, she does yeah. become part but from of. But from this point from on, from now she's on, in all they're the like, books. okay, and she and she appears quite a bit. Um,
1: and they signed up Louise Faulkner, yeah, for five years what? based on those two stories and this. They no had her in a five-year sort of exclusivity contract.
0: What, What? In what way? Like, she couldn't do
1: any other audios or what? No, it no, no, work? no. No, basically, if they wanted to use Bev Tarrant, she, she'd do the role. Anytime, So they are yeah. back in court. Oh, well, and court? Well, and I, I think it is about five seasons oh, so they she's they in. I that. I think she's in five you know, seasons. Who,
0: who have they done that to? Imagine. being in a... Nobody else but Bev Tarrant. handcuffs. Bev Tarrant. Bev Tarrant. Tarrant. Well, she must have a lot of talent if they signed her up for five years. Louise Falknight is such a talent. She's loving it. I'm going to a retainer as well. i got paid quite retainer? well retainer? and then we a retainer. you put like, in your no, mouth no you get like a regular monthly payment whether they use you or not oh, what's it called when you put in your mouth you got cricket re- teeth uh, I think that's a retainer as well <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're, not, we're not saying you've got cricket they teeth a, Louise Fonkner we can't <laughs> give a retainer we're just, you your a we're just saying you're talented we're just saying you're talented wow I think this has some serious problems I was pretty bored throughout this no you really I, I was you really No, no, no. I made you think I enjoyed it. So I'm surprised you're here in this recording. I've decided (laughs) to start doing this now to keep my powder dry. What about the Rutan? The sound effects was good, yeah. Mm. But like the biggest surprise you could possibly pull on a Shape Changer story is that the person you think is the person is not the person. So
0: it's a really obvious twist. I mean, it's not a strong, like, season opener And to bring back, you'd think, oh, Benice is back. It's a Rutan. It's probably not the best way to go, you think they do like a Cyberman or like you say, a dark well, at the beginning of the series. Jason
1: Hay Ellery wanted Sontarans, oh, that's that what they were cool. going for originally. But Gary Russell is quoted as saying they are the dullest thing in the world on audio. Don't tell Alan Barnes that when he writes Hero of to Gary. I think
0: BBV would have still been doing their tail end of their Sontarans. I think. Well, maybe. What, what
1: Gary says as well, and I do think this is right, is if you have the Rutons, it's one less actor that you need because you can have some one person playing mm. two parts. Yeah the evil version and the good version which Mm. is what they do here a couple of times and he says that shape changes are a good device if used properly I just question whether it's properly and I think they've got a fucking nerve to call this the Bellatron incident when it has
0: this much lack of (laughs) incident yeah it's a nice cover though I love the artwork oh Adrian Summers I love all the artwork actually Adrian Summers
1: are you selling your art because I want to have it up on the wall come to us
0: <laughs> with your artwork I don't you? know
1: Ad- Adrian's the dog man That Bernice had sex with Excuse me? Adrian Oh yeah No I'm talking about Adrian Salmon Oh I don't think He's a dog the man The artist Bernice has no. certainly Not had sex with him <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyway Have you got any more Trivia before we move on? Uh,
1: no I, Oh yes Yeah 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 I've got one more Piece of trivia And that is um, About the post production Because this Andrew Swan started doing the post-production and music for this. Oh, yeah. And then got a job. So he had to <laughs> hand it over to... Well, it's part-timers working for Big Finish. Right. Can someone just have one job, please? Well, that's the problem, is that he handed it over to David Darlington, who's basically a staffer at this point and doing loads of Doctor Who, and most of the Bernices... Nobody is properly looking after this range And that's a problem, I think I feel like the focus We've said this a couple of seasons now The focus is on Doctor Who And the Bernice range Which is probably producing as good as Mm. And occasionally better work Is just literally being done In the equivalent of a lunch break Which is it's no. terrible, really. It's really terrible. By the time you get round to... And I know you don't like it. By the time you get round to the you know, the Greek years, what they called, epoch... Oh, yeah, epoch and By the time you get round to then, the sound design and all of that, it's one person doing it. You know, there's, uh, that's Scott Hancock do, directing at that point. And I think you've got some serious talent involved in Bernice. So eventually they pulled their socks up and said, no, we've got to actually deliver the goods. It was
0: such a good product, considering that. they yeah, so good. It, it,
1: it's exceptional, given... Mm. The amount of attention it's getting. But honestly, the Bellatron incident here in Lackov, I just thought was a really dull opener. And probably the weakest story we've had yet. Mm,
0: Well, let's move on to the Draconian Rage. Yes! What's that? That's a sea devil. No, because the Draconians talk like that. Benisa. Well, this was... Released in August 2003, this features Philip Bretherton, Craig Thornber, and <laughs> Johnson Willis, <laughs> as our lovely not draconians. No, Johnson. No, it's Johnson Willis, isn't it? <laughs> I would have thought it would be Willis Johnson, not Johnson, Johnson Willis. Willis. Johnson Willis, who are you? They all feature as lovely draconians in this. We're just take the piss out of everyone on this episode. <laughs> what is wrong with this? This was written by Trevor Baxendale. Oh, yes. Back again. Directed by Edward Salt. Pass salt. And, of course, music by David Darlington mm. on his lunch break. Like chalk and cheese. I thought oh, this love was this, yeah.
1: superb. And it's one of Lisa Bauman's favourites. Well, it is. And she I've got some trivia here that she was appalled. And the quote is, when I heard it was Trevor again,
0: I did think, right. So, Trevor Baxendale, a great Doctor Who book author. Yeah. He has Can you also... name any
1: Doctor Who books that he wrote?
0: Doctor Who books. You went through them last episode, Eater but of I wasps, can't remember. I know. Yep. The
1: Deadstone Memorial, yep. Prisoner of the Daleks. Yep. He's written some good books.
0: They're all the ones you named last time. Uh, but he... The Janus Conjunction. Yep. Cold Heart. Yep. Need I go on? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and he wrote The Dark Flame last time. Which oh, we didn't yeah. give a great review well, and didn't get a good no, review last We were last sort of
1: time. on the fence, weren't we? We said it was yeah. quite entertaining, but it was
0: pretty it bad. It wasn't what... It should have been a book, really. Um, so, and Lisa Bauman was not happy. And she didn't like that. No. So, obviously, she opens the script for this one. And there's old Trevor's name. And she's like, what the hell? Mm. Um, but...
1: Do you know what she's quoted as saying? Yep. She said, it wasn't anything like that. I loved performing it. It's funny. I have friends who don't like the draconian rage who say it's quite a nasty piece of work, but I didn't have a problem with any of that. It gave me a chance to show off and scream a lot.
0: I mean, they do put, in terms of the... I mean, we all say about the new adventures, having a lot of gratuitous violence. I mean, Bernice Summerfield, I mean, because she comes from that. She goes through hell in, in this. In her books and in her... Yeah, she goes through a lot. It's not unusual... To have that in a Benice It's story. the second time
1: she's had her head shaved. She's
0: had all Do you sorts remember in Just happened. War, Shadow? Yeah, a red Just shade. War. In fact, this it's is terrible. this is
1: sort of probably the prettiest like yeah. story we've had since Just War. Yeah. And it's her most intense performance mm. since Just War as well. And I, I don't mean intense equals just Lisa Bauman shouting a lot. No, no, no. But no, no, it's her right. going through sort of psychological trauma.
0: And I'm not a huge fan of the draconians. Oh, what in this as well? Well, and this again, I've never really got through it before. It uh, always just bored me a little bit. Draconian talk. It gets a bit Star Trekky. The Draconians are very Star Trekky. It's very, it's very. And that's very what puts me off. Vulcan it's not my Star yeah, Trek. the Vulcan-y type. That's what yeah. they are, aren't they?
1: Honor and glory and all Yeah, of this. all of that. And yeah. as
0: soon as I start talking about that, I'm just like, no, this is boring. So what about in this one? then? But following this, really, you know. I'm really concentrating on these because we're doing this podcast. I really enjoyed the story. Well, I don't think you'll say much to people's love... work, you know, that back in the day you just didn't concentrate well, no, on any I of it. I, just wanted, I don't know, some of them I just love, like a Jacqueline Rayner, You could get in and straight away. But something like this... Which this is was, layered. As soon as it had all that Star trek I just... Um, well it
1: starts off on the right foot doesn't it it's Braxia's Tel going oh hello Benny I, th- I know you're so pleased to be coming back to the Braxia collection
0: however a little job for you yeah, lo- anyone that starts like that don't you, don't you love Don't you love those though so. she's been sent off on these different well, duties like, so it? no, nothing's set on the axis yet yeah well yeah, I like that and it's her excuse the to axis. get off I'm um, not the axis the, the collection. collection you know what I mean yeah. um, so she's off again takes from you know from frontier in space what we know about the draconians about they don't like earth women yeah there's a lot of talk about that so she comes down it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity to be amongst the draconians because they don't like visitors it's all closed off
1: See, it starts out a bit like that but then it becomes all political intrigue, doesn't it? Yeah. You've got the emperor, uh, the, the the fellow who works for
0: the emperor, and then the pe- person and that opposes guy, him. And yeah. they're all trying to use yeah. Bernice
1: in various ways to assassinate the and
0: emperor. Again, small cast, it's Bernice and those three. Mm. Yeah, did you follow it right? I mean, did you hear this at the time? Well, I, followed, I followed it. Uh,
1: yeah. I checked out my review. I gave this 9 out of 10
0: at the uh, time. Yeah. I yeah. would give this 9 out of 10 mm. now. I think and this is a great
1: political thriller. It this.
0: has links to the Dark Flame. It is actually oh, the cult of the dark your eyes light up and when you realize because I'd never got through to that bit before. Yeah. I didn't realise. So she's tortured and they're following the cult of the Dark Flame. So it's a bit of a sequel to the Dark Flame.
1: Which I think is really, really clever. And so it in, it works on two levels, doesn't it? One, it convinces people to go and buy the Dark Flame. Mm. Two, it's the draconian, so it's gonna bring in the fans. Yeah. Well, no, no, they want to sell CDs, don't they? Even the bad ones. Mm. So yeah. <laughs> But this takes what went wrong in the Dark Flame this is and does it brilliantly different. here. This is
0: how you do it, yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's all this talk of how the Dark Flame has basically spread across the galaxy and millions of draconians committing suicide mm. in like a religious pact for them.
0: Oh and it is I mean, you said about the graphic the sort of violence of Bernice gets her head shaved and mm. she gets what what do they do to her?
1: Uh, they, they start sort of, drilling into a skull. In, they actually drill into yeah.
0: and the, But then even at the later on, the draconian gets his head chopped off at the end, doesn't he? He gets executed, doesn't well, he? Well, that's the
1: point. And I loved it because you're not sure if this fella's working for the Dark Flame or whether he's loyal to the Emperor because he's playing both roles. And then it turns out, no, no, no he is loyal to the Emperor all along, but the Emperor was like, well, for making me think you were a member of the Dark Flame, lop, and off yeah. comes his head. I've said here, look, Lisa Bauman's best dramatic role since Josh War. I loved it where she's begging for her life. Oh, I don't know why I put that. Angry, <laughs> sarcastic, scathingly insulting. And she's even a little bit racist, though, as well, which they do talk about in the inside story, that they were a bit uncertain as to how far they could push that, because Bernice is always supposed to be you
0: know, yeah, yeah. appreciative
1: of other, mm. other cultures. And actually, they were going to drop an F-bomb in this. And at the last minute, Gary Russell said, that's fine. She's being tortured. She was supposed to say, fuck you, Vasar when, uh, wow. you know, when he's about to drill into her brain. And at the last minute, he said, no, cut it. Like, let's not put what that did in. Did
0: she say crook instead? Uh, or no, sorry.
1: she said, screw you or something oh. like that. Um, I really liked as well the minimalist sort of soundscape for this worked brilliantly. It was doing because I've always linked in Draconia with um, like Vietnamese sort of kind of designs, don't they? And, oh oh uh, yeah, like some
0: Japanese. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And and so there was sort of Japanese instruments playing mm. throughout this, which I thought was really nicely done. And there's a, a bit where they fly over the city, and I was seeing the sort of Phantom Menace style you know, cityscapes mm. that they're describing, the gardens of the Imperial Palace. It all just came across very vividly. And then you sort of go into the palace and that's when all that nastiness starts. Mm. And she doesn't know who to trust. And what's really great is, you said, they set up this sort of sexist culture really well. So we know immediately she's not really safe. Yeah. But then you bring in the dark flame cult. She's doubly not safe. And so Benny's in a in a sort of trapped in a claustrophobic situation where... Essentially, everybody's out to either kill her or manipulate her into killing somebody else.
0: I couldn't it's just work it's really out. dark,
1: it's really interesting. I was trying
0: to work out because Brax sends her on this mission, mm-hmm. and I couldn't remember. I was like, Is that relevant? Is he because he because we know Brax is going to end up to be dodgy? I was like, Is he putting her in these situations on purpose? We don't, we, there's nothing, it's no not really, about here, there's not really is anything there? in here, but I was thinking. Afterwards, I was like, Cause would he put her in that situation?" Because uh, he's like, cause he's really trying to persuade her at the beginning." I was like, "Does this is this going to come back at some point, or is this just?"
1: It'll be interesting to explore know, that as we know, go along because he's very
0: protective of Bernice. But he 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 is manipulating her along you know way yeah, you know, ahead in yeah, yeah. He's always like, got an end Is game. there a reason why he? Because he's really trying to persuade her to go because she's like, "No, I just I'll stay. I want to stay with Peter and everything." And he's like, really at the beginning, like. Getting her to go, and I was like, "Is there something?" Don't you? I like. I wasn't sure if there was something to that or not.
1: I thought Benny had one of her best moments so far in this as well. At the end, she's been like violently abused Mm. um, and tortured and manipulated, and she's got a gun on the emperor, who you know has been instrumental in this. And she throws the gun down in front of him, and she just says, "Because I can," and walks away. And she condemns the culture. It's so good. It's, it's just packed full of good lines, this. It's full of drama. It does get a bit shouty. I mean, she is screaming her head off while she's being told you yeah, this. She's unpleasant to did, to. so it's unpleasant to listen to. I could understand that this wouldn't be for everybody. But as a small-scale character drama with big implications, because, mm. you know, it is a couple of characters, but they do manage to talk about, you know, the Dark Flame being this universe-spanning coal.
0: Oh, I thought it was really strong. But it might not be for someone, if you're like, yeah, you're Doctor Who fan, you're like, oh, I love Frontier in Space. So this is not, <laughs> I'm going to pick up this one as my first ever book. But didn't Bernice. we say that you know, they, should really they should be doing different yeah, things? They should
1: be doing fresh things. Yeah, they are.
0: Yeah, yeah. it definitely does. And
1: good old Trevor, I would say, from going from doing... Good a, old Trevor. What, doing,
0: doing a a
1: very B-movie-style Doctor Who story... Yeah. He pulled to doing, his socks up, didn't he? He did. <laughs> well, his scimitar or whatever they call it. <laughs> what, what, what's a big sword called that you chop somebody's head off with? It might, it might be a scimitar, yeah. yeah. He pulled that up. <laughs> he got that out. He swung that around. This <laughs> no, but guys, this is a, a really intense drama. Um if it's deadly serious, it's not funny at no, all. No, there's this. no
0: none of your comedy beneath moments in this. A bit at like all. Dance
1: of the Dead from the last season, you know, that was oh, very yeah, serious that as was well.
0: Quite intense, wasn't it?
1: Um they they seem to do what and the mirror effect as well. They seem to do one mm. or two of these a year uh i think this is really really strong though yep. different original and my very last bit of trivia is that um this was originally the slot for a very funny story so how they replaced it with this i've no idea the Grell Escape was originally oh, going to go here.
0: the Grell Escape.
1: Um, but unfortunately, our queen, Jacqueline Rayner, was off <laughs> oh. editing BBC books
0: at the time. Oh, she and she did have the time. Ever she wants, whenever she likes. I've got
1: to say, I did like, I love those BBC books as well. Yeah. So I, that was a judicious use we'll of the time. We'll get the Grell
0: Escape at some point. But yes. I'm glad we got the draconian rage. Yeah, really strong, yep. really strong. Okay, next we have The Poison Seas. Oh boy. Released in September 2003. This features Ifan Hugh Daffid <laughs> and Jenny Livesey. What? It's just a Welsh name. Oh, is it Welsh? Yes. <laughs> oh, I might have known. Ifan if Hugh? Ifan Hugh Daffid. Hugh Hudafid Yeah That's a lovely name It is And Jenny Livesey. Better than
1: Joe Ford anyway uh,
0: Written by David Darlington Mm-hmm Ah, well He hasn't got time to do the music But he has
1: got. This t- is not written by David oh. Darlington
0: Oh no, what have I written? It's written by David Bailey That oh, bitch Oh yes, of course <laughs> Sorry I was about to say He hasn't got time to do the music And he's writing this Sorry, I've written him down wrong No it's Written by David Bailey oh, Bitch Our favourite bitch directed by edward salt
1: we have to say when we say bitch we mean it very affectionately (laughs) it's only because he's absolutely scathing in his comments on the bernie summerfield inside story we've
0: got another bit of a theme here because mr bailey has written a well it's not a sequel to the secret of cassandra but it's set on the same planet again we're back so the poison seas the seas of such are the seas on which the boat of Cassandra was sailing around on this planet that Benice was on holiday. Do you recall what the planet is two? called? I can't remember. It's called Chosan. Chosan, yeah. yeah. Well, they, um, David Bailey Chosan it twice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh I'm glad you're oh, all doing stand
0: I do like that, though. The fact that we had a, a,
1: an on-the-seas and then now an under-the-seas story yeah. on the same planet oh he's a genius isn't he <laughs> <laughs> i okay i went back and read my review of this one i was so hard on this i think mean, i gave it one out of ten i was quite annoyed because i couldn't really understand in the day what the sea temples were saying because the, the modulation was so oh uh, they kind of talk like that i mean unless for a whole hour. Well, imagine a finished big episode with me talking like this for
0: an hour. It would be tedious. That is my problem with this, because... I sounded more like an ice warrior, sorry. it's. The, I mean, it's the same as in the, t- or the TV stories which the Sea Devils are in. I don't know what they're talking about. And, yeah, it's really tough. I mean, you can do it authentically as such, but you need to have it understandable and i really did you really have to concentrate to understand what they say and i don't think that that's not great for audio
1: it's not and it's a problem that big finish will come up against it time and again it again and again yeah because they they do try to do sort of original modulation and different weird mm. alien voices but that does mean it's hit and miss as to whether it's effective or not sometimes it's amazingly good like unforgettably good do you remember the weird baby voice in the Holy Terror, yeah. like you know, you never forget mm. it, and it's chilling. And then there's stuff like this where you really are straining to that, understand that the dialogue. Really is the
0: problem because I think, I think it's quite a good story. It it's is. A if bit you like, do
1: listen, it's a good story.
0: It's quite a bit similar in a way to the sort of setup of the Draconian one, where you've got these few characters, these few monsters. There, mm. there's something going on within, you know, their little world. A bit of intrigue. Who's on whose side? There's a leader. It is a little bit similar to a Draconian one, obviously not the violets and stuff. I liked how Bernice has a friend who is a sea a devil. A sea devil? Who she went
1: to college with? To college. Oh my oh. god! Imagine
0: going to college with a sea devil. that was so friend, lovely. Her friend Neda. Yeah. <laughs> so Neda. So she goes uh, to see Nedda. Yeah. Well, the
1: the there's a underlying theme of the sea devils coming from Earth. Too chosen and relocating because there's not enough room in Earth's seas anymore. So they've been relocated to this planet, but they're not wanted here either. So there's, a, there's a, a suggestion that it could be terrorists or the people have chosen trying to get rid of them on the planet. Actually, what the threat turns out to be is the sea itself. It's sentient water
0: that's that was killing it. them. Yeah, that was it. Which is a
1: really it's great idea. Mm. The sea being the villain. Mm. Well, it's a bit like Water Mars, I suppose. Mm. So I thought that was really clever. What I thought was fantastic in this, and a huge step up from David Bailey's last script, which was that dreadful one, do you remember? Uh, Sky Mines of Carthos. Oh, I forgot he did Ah, that one as well. With those (laughs) weird monsters. Um, He had a a scene, like a sort of five-minute scene, where Bernice loses her shit. And it's one of the best examinations of her character so far where she basically says she's not a fighter, she's a coward. She's been really reflective about how tough things have been lately, how she wants to run away from this crazy life that she's found herself in. She says who the hell would want to fight monsters? Why am I doing this? And then she says, "Look, I've got friends, I've got family, I've got a sometimes lover, I've got a home, I've got everything I've ever wanted." And I'm still not happy. It was it was just a five-minute monologue handed to Lisa Bauman. and she was staggeringly good in it. The characterization isn't that good throughout this whole story, mm. but for that five minutes, I was riveted. I think David Bailey's a pretty good writer. I I just want I wish he'd stuck around to when these Bernese stories started getting like really robust productions. But I thought this was quite fun. I thought I thought
0: this was enjoyable. So you sort of changed your mind on it. I that. have, yeah.
1: I, re- I I, and there was a a lovely sort of plinky plonky sea musical score to this as well, which I thought was nice. And just all like the seascape that they were doing was quite relaxing. It was quite nice on the ear. The, the voices are the problem.
0: Oh yeah, I was just straining to hear the voices. I think a lot of the time, so I might have missed some of the plot. But now you've said sentient C, it does ring a bell.
1: Would you? Would you? <laughs> well, I mean, that's 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 your one line pitch for this. If mm. it was a fringe episode, it'd be the one with the sentient C. Gary Russell wanted to produce a Benny story featuring the Chelonians. But Gareth Roberts, who created the Chelonians for the highest science, and Clayton Hickman were working on Bang Bang A Boom at the time, which is why the Poison Seas came about. They suggested doing the Sea Devils, and our favourite bitch David Bailey's reaction was, why, God, why? Hang
0: on, so he couldn't use the the Chelonians because it would have to be written by Gareth Roberts. I think Gareth Roberts would have wanted to, to do to write it. it, yeah. Right, okay.
1: Um, yeah, so de- that old bitch David Bailey was like, why, God, why? So he wasn't that keen on writing a, a sea devil I story. I why...
0: Because it could have been the Silurians. You can, I mean, I think sea devils and Silurians, you can just swap out. I like out. it being under the sea, though. Yeah, I know, but Silurians come from under the sea as well, sometimes. Mm.
1: Well... Bailey does say he got into the story though when he started writing it. He thought it was thematically quite strong. he liked the, doing the story of them leaving Earth and trying to set up mm. elsewhere, and he really wanted to sort of lean into the how fighting over land or sea is terribly disruptive and sad because obviously that's happened time mm. and again in history, as ever you know hugely complimentary of his own work, David Bailey goes on to say it's got a couple of nice twists. The characters are better, I think he means better than the sky miners of Carthos. Um, it's got mad mental living sea as the villain, and I'm really, really happy with it. Well, so good. I'm yeah. sensing sort of Christopher H. Bidmead levels of arrogance here I but
0: feel, I feel like this one flies under the radar a bit, it's not talked about if ever.
1: I don't think it's as good as, as the No, it's not as good no, as, Draconian as, good as the
0: Draconians. I would put it above I'd put it below the Bellatrons though moment what worse than the bellatron Instant. yeah i enjoyed bellatron oh, more No, yeah. that was super boring i think it's just those, those hissy voices put me to sleep a little bit sometimes yeah
1: I'd, i mean I, i'd <laughs> say i'd say this is sort of a good six seven bellatron's yeah. maybe a, a four and draconian rage is a high nine.
0: Oh, because you've got that woman in it that jenny played by jenny Livesey.
1: I oh, thought you were say Jenny Setting Laird off- <laughs>
0: then. <laughs> Setting off the bomb and all that. Bernie's my wife. A, why? Why? Ends up a bit of a countdown bomb moment, doesn't it? Yeah, it does they? get quite exciting at the end.
1: Yeah, I thought this was mm-hmm. fun. It was, it was a nice listen. Okay. I would say, compared to the previous season, though, where I thought every story was strong, it has been more inconsistent this year. Mm. However.
0: Well, let's, let's go on to the next one. Mm. So, the next release is Death and the Daleks. Yes. Released in February, 2004. Written by Paul Cornell. Oh my God, that's and a bit ben. of a coup. That's a bit of a coup. Uh, and we've got everybody back in this. The old collection are back. So we've got Marge Richardson, Stephen Fuel, oh. Louise Faulkner on a five-year deal. <laughs> she's, got, <laughs> she's got no choice. Uh, Beverly <laughs> Cressman in the house. Beverly Cressman. Not um, as Kate Lethbridge-Stewart <laughs> as Miss Jones. And we've got Harry Myers. Adrian. Ian Collier. As Bernice Summerfield's uh, father, Isaac. And of course, Nicholas Briggs as those
1: deadly Daleks. Oh, excuse me. What do you mean, Daleks? This is called The Axis of Evil.
0: I mean, I remember. I think I remember that on the Big Finish website at the time.
1: Can and I... then
0: it being revealed... Yeah,
1: well, yeah. Well, they, oh. they had to reveal it before they brought it out because everyone was going to get the cover saying Death and the Daleks.
0: And it's a two-disca, everyone. Yeah. So good, they had to squeeze an extra discount. There's a ton of trivia about this one. Okay. But I've start... also got an entire oh page my of notes. Oh, God.
1: Um, where do you want to start? This is one of the very best Bernie Summerfield audios. I'm convinced. I thought so then, and I think so now. The biggest trouble with this is. If you don't read Life During War- Wartime... That's my first point. Life During Wartime is a short story collection that is the first half of this story, effectively. It details the Fifth Axis, the big space racist Nazis coming to the Braxtel collection and taking over.
0: So they have been referenced quite a bit in the books.
1: They're in that first one that you read, the Doomsday They're Manuscript. They're in the
0: Doomsday manuscripts. Yeah. So it's been a, quite a while setting this up in the background they've been this force mentioned every now and then I, I'm sure they've been mentioned in one of the audios up to this point just as a passing reference yeah. and yeah it, this starts Think of them as the Nazis they're basically yeah. the Nazis from the Second World and War and we've had we haven't had that many books in between uh, I think we've had The Glass Prison last where she was given No this birth. is the next one after that and, there's, and Life During Wartime is the next book yeah. so we haven't had that many books Can I do a small but plug for Life During Wartime all, yeah, well, let's talk about that book first because it's not come out on audio. There's it no reading to. of it. So I'll it tell really you does because this starts with Lisa Bauman or Bernice going previously on Bernice Summerfield. Oh, and they try and so cram much. in everything that's happened in this book that you've missed. Yeah. So if you're not getting the book... It's, it, it's a problem. It, it is. It it's definitely a problem. If you a, are audio you only, like, it's a problem. You feel like a step behind straight away But because before we've just had the poison season. She's on her way back. And then this book happens, and now we're into the the next audio. And you're like, "Hang on! All of this stuff has happened. All if, of our characters are in a completely different place to where you left them in the last audio."
1: If you are audio only, then there is just a huge feeling throughout listening to Death and the Daleks that you're missing out on something mm. massive. If you are a book and audio person, then this uh, Life During Wartime and Death of the Daleks is a two. Two punch success because life during wartime is a superb collection of short stories. Paul Connell did that as well, and he pulled in. You go look at the list, it's Rob Shearman, Joe Lister, it's all the best writers, and it's all centering around the collection and all these characters, as you've just named, all of our regulars that we've never seen together before, really, all stuck on the collection, all going through various hells as the fifth axis take over it's a bit like the situation bernice was in during um just war in Mm. jersey these Mm. nazis have come in they've taken over everyone's trying to get on with their lives um uh, adrian's being tortured
0: is well they sort of been enslaved because like they don't, they, they're, they're, they're racist. They don't like species. aliens. Yeah, the, all the aliens yeah. are
1: slowly disappearing from the collection, and they're being sent off to sort of refugee yeah. camps or whatever.
0: tell is like under house arrest. Yes. Yeah.
1: Building. Uh Miss Jones has an affair. So she's the equivalent of like a jerry bag. She's having an affair with one of the fifth axis soldiers. Yeah. And that comes in very important
0: here. Jason is pretending to be That's brilliantly uh, done.
1: You think for, for nearly yeah, the entire book that Jason side.
0: has yeah. defected to
1: the Axis because he's he beats up Adrian at one point and he appears to have murdered a whole bunch of alien kids. They mm. go missing, and it appears that he's sort of signed the warrant for their deaths. And what he's actually doing is he's getting them off the collection mm. safely. So he's and, in like a disguise. Yeah, he's getting fatter and fatter throughout the book. It's like um it's like he, you you see him eating throughout the book. So he's getting really fat. He's wearing a fat suit. Um, it's really, it's just beautifully done. The characterization is mm. beautiful, but what really works about that short story collection, get it if you can, is how Paul Cornell pulls it all together. It almost feels like one person has written it. And it's just such an exceptional standard. Each short story is a, is a piece in its own right and a piece of a very
0: good narrative.
1: It's, it's superb.
0: But then if you haven't read the book, you've missed out on all of that and you're starting... Yeah. And, and, and it does... It's Catch-22. It really does it's, like... It like, tries and catch you up quite quickly. Yeah, it's a you, great pre-title. Because I haven't read it. Do you and know what I she says? Yeah. Previously
1: on Bernie Summerfield. Well, let me tell you. Previously... Everything on yeah. Bernie Sommerfield, but then
0: there are just these references, and you have to catch up a bit. like with Miss Jones going out with the the Axis guy. Yeah. It, it's referenced quite quickly, and then they mention peter being looked after. These people, and the I'm Gamale guessing the male brothers. That, I'm guessing they first They've appear in the book in the because books. they don't actually yeah, appear; they're yeah, just yeah,
1: mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you were reading those books, right? The, the amount of detail around the collection set up is extraordinary. And as you go on, you get um, a life worth living mm, and parallel really lives great. and things yeah. like that. They're brilliant collections. Yeah. But some people don't want to read the books. And, but the and problem so is... I don't know if you should be yeah. forced to make this many concessions no. to enjoy the audio. Because if you
0: haven't done the books, because I did the earlier books, I just haven't done life during wartime. I, I love all the people on the collection and all of that setup. up. That's my favourite Benice period. But if you haven't done any of that, this this audio is sort of ripping that apart. And the drama is all of your favourite characters that are in this, that have this life and have these adventures. Finally. With, it's all been ripped apart. But if you haven't done the books... This is really the sort of the first time yeah, you're hearing them together, yeah. and it's the drama is then being ripped apart, but you haven't heard any no. of them all together.
1: What's, so it, what's good sort of is going out. on when Simon Gurrier takes over in seasons five, six, yeah, and seven. Yeah, we get them loads of it's them. Loads alone, on, a on a collection with all of these yeah. characters, and yeah. they're all
0: established, and it's great. You can you, do great things. You sort things of need that first for then the drama to yeah. happen because you're like, actually, what is all this danger? Are they, you know? The
1: trouble is, is, they couldn't afford everyone to together a full cast drama before this it's great to have them all together actually interacting i mean well, well one of my trivia bits is that because they had to pay out for the daleks oh
0: God, and they yeah. always
1: wanted to do a dalek story as part mm. of this run um Hay gallery basically said well let's just do a full. let's just pay the money do a full cast audio mm. um but he also was very aware that people weren't buying as many Bernices as Doctor Who's, so he tried to save money, and he nearly killed both Gary Russell and the crew by forcing them to do a double-disc a hundred and twenty yeah. minutes in a single day. Oh my god. Normally you get two days to do yeah. a double disc and they try to do it all this whole thing. And there's a lot list, happening. And it's great performances as well. Yeah. How they managed to squeeze all of these terrific mm. performances in a single day. So you
0: got Ian Collier as Benice's dad. Mm, who is the Dalek Isaac um, Summerfield? The equivalent of what the Dalek Time Controller. You are a slave, Ratcliffe. <laughs> yeah, you basically, born that. To basically that. Daleks. I mean, I love it because Jason's in it, um, and obviously the cover is him running naked. Yeah, oh, I the thought the you'd moment, and he that. Takes his Suit off and they, he's naked in it. So they that's they my very discreetly Thank put. <laughs> Adrian Salmon puts
1: a bit of shadow in his crotch, though, oh, so we don't have to see how big he is. My number one
0: can, can i tell crush?
1: you i mean i've got a million things to say about this but okay. can i tell you um a bit of trivia about jason oh, Kane? oh yeah
0: of course this is the
1: thing i told you earlier that was absolutely oh gonna, my god
0: it okay, th- was gonna
1: finish you off <laughs> oh, hold on a second i just need to
0: get comfy right
1: i'm ready okay so this was originally the story where jason was going to be killed off oh my god and gary russell says this has got nothing to do with Stephen fuel but he found jason really limiting as a character he thought that the writers found him difficult to write for that essentially all he does is whinge pick fights and be a bit cocky and often he just isn't a great character i know you don't agree with that i, I can quite, i i think i know the I understand early it. jason the early
0: one yeah
1: he is what yeah. he's at, but you know they go on and develop him brilliantly they develop him in this brilliantly yeah like in cornell's lot hands lot he yeah. he's superb it turns out that they all went out for a working lunch, um, and Fuel didn't know this. And one of the writers from the Doctor Who range went, oh, they're killing you off. And apparently got really upset when oh, he found no. out that way, because no one told him. Um, and Gary said he was really upset that I was going to get rid of him. And I think that might have been the reason why I kept him going. Because he just didn't want to upset him, he says I even plotted out a scene where Braxiatel killed him, breaking through the conditioning, and Benny would have found him dead, and just figured he died in the fighting, you know, of trying to
0: um,
1: salvage the Braxiatel collection.
0: I mean, I love him in the Grand Escape.
1: No, no, he does brilliant things in the seasons to come. Like they, they were right to keep him on, and Gary actually. Who's in charge still for Bernie's for seasons and seasons to come? They do great things with him. So it was a savvy call, keeping in on. But it would have made it a proper punch mm. at the end of this added story, wouldn't else it? to
0: it, yeah. What do you think of Miss Jones? Well, we've not had her. I mean, this is Beverly Cressman, number one actress from downtime, brought into this to obviously it's a bring tricky a thing star to, power to this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a tricky thing to have to come in. But you're and coming in, that's the thing. you feel Halfway feel like, for a story. Like, you only get half... I feel like there's so much you've missed out on that you should have known about. I mean, I know a bit about her because I've read those earlier books, but this whole relationship...
1: She's the administrator of the
0: yeah. Brexit Hill collection. Yeah. She's sort like, of like the secretary, yeah. and
1: she's, you know, cold fish. And... Yeah. But she's had this Joe Lidster short story called A Summer Affair, right. where she got close to this Axis officer, this high-ranking mm. Axis officer, and then they start... So And so by the time this starts, it's got out that... People people I know. Thought, so she's treated like the Jerry Bags, isn't she? And but then
0: I thought they don't really like her anyway, even before all of that stuff. She's a bit of a... Well, no, because
1: she was quite... She was horrible. Yeah, she was, she's horrible. Yeah. So
0: nobody liked her anyway.
1: No, well, Bernice did. Because Bernice loves everybody. Oh,
0: I don't know if she did. I thought they didn't
1: get on, but... But what I liked about her storyline in this is how involved I got by the end. So there's a sequence where the the collection liberation from mm. and more on them later are out of control at this point and they're enjoying basically murdering the Axis officers mm. and causing chaos and being violent. After being sort of held down for months mm. and months under occupation, they're absolutely they're just exploding and they catch up with Miss Jones and the Axis officer uh, Mos- Mostoff I think his name is and they basically say we're going to string her up we're going to hang her mm. and and he has to say he, he I never up. loved he, yeah, you he was I pretending. was just using you for intelligence mm. um, and then they murder him instead and yeah. she's, she's saved and it's such a great mm. scene it's really powerful for characters we've never ever seen before on audio mm. And that's where Cornell's strength is in this story. He's telling a big Dalek epic and mm. Fifth Axis epic, but every character gets a moment. Adrian and Jason get a moment together. You know, Bernice gets moments with her father.
0: Braxitel gets great moments in this. I feel like the Daleks aren't in it that much. Well, they're only coming overall. halfway through, didn't they? Yeah. It's not like it's da- it's a Dalek I wouldn't call it like a Dalek story. It's quite refreshing, though, don't you think? Yeah. I'm, I'm not interested in any of the Dalek stuff. It didn't... I mean, they, it's, it's interesting to have them there, but they didn't need to be there. There's plenty of other stuff going on. So it could have just been whatever it was called, the Fifth Axis or whatever. And it, I, sti- I still feel like it would have been... like, It's nice to have them, but I don't think it changes the story that much.
1: Uh, I, I, it just has the wow factor
0: because yeah, the Daleks, it's just got that it. extra bit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't. No, no, the, s- most the story import- doesn't revolve around the Daleks. The most important thing about Death, Death it's and the Daleks, all about is the these character characters stuff. and how yeah. they're coping with the. This and actually, invasion. I think it's
1: more exciting having yeah. all the actors in yeah. playing all the parts yeah. together that's and interacting. What more interests <laughs>
0: me more. But I didn't really know much about <laughs> Benice's father. Because is that all Um, from the new adventures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was
1: first introduced in Return of the Living Dad. Yeah. And then he comes to a wedding in Happy Endings. Mm. And then he stays in that village. He stays in,
0: like, 90s Earth. but The Daleks have taken him out of time and made him the thing. But then he he survives and he invites her back.
1: What was clever was... How the Daleks play Braxit Hill. So, effectively, mm. the Daleks know that Bernice is working for Braxy's Hill. That if Bernice figures out her father's there, that she will go to heaven and more on that later mm. and rescue her father, which she does. And you think this is Bernice out foxing the Daleks yeah. all the no, time? It's, it's all, all sort of set this up. This grand yeah. plan to bring Isaac back and then Braxy's Hill, once the Collection Liberation Front is. Getting rid of the access, he's like, right, everybody into the TARDIS, God, he's got including a TARDIS. Isaac, yeah, and then Isaac is still under Dalek control yeah. and that's what the Daleks wanted all yeah. along they wanted his the Tardis. TARDIS and Brax mm. gets a great moment where he's like I've been played you know mm. you bastards you yeah. don't see him angry very often mm. it's it's a great twist at the end
0: I like that because Bev gets it they're all in the TARDIS aren't they yeah and Bev gets in and Benice and Bev's like oh this reminds me of something and Benice is like yeah me too you doesn't know? it
1: really exciting to have all yeah. these characters all together. going together in
0: a TARDIS it's, off such, they go. A,
1: it's such a fine ensemble of characters it reminds reminds me a bit and don't think i'm crazy it does remind me a bit of ds9 which had this amazing ensemble of semi-regular characters that you saw sort of they all had individual episodes mm. and then maybe once or twice a year everybody everyone came together, together yeah. and when everyone came together you mm. knew it was big and this is a big story
0: do you think louise Faulkner and beverly cressman sound very similar yes I, do. I get them mixed up yeah. quite a bit it's not oh, just, I'm like, is that biv yeah. or is that Miss yeah, Jones? Yeah, they st- oh, no, very, wait, very they want similar. a hanger. It's Miss Jones. Yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> love.
1: glad it's not just me on that. What is great is that Paul Cornell, who's obviously Bernice's creator, takes the opportunity here to sort of sum up her whole story to date. So it's all of Bernice's life in it. So you've got Isaac, which is from The New Adventures. You've got The Axis, which is from her first... Uh, Big Finish story, technically, the Doomsday Manuscript, the first book. Oh right. You've got Heaven,
0: which is from Love
1: and War. You've got Peter Braxton, the collection, which is the current continuity. So it ties in all of the Bernese continuity, and I think that's, it's done really skillfully, and in a way that just doesn't feel gratuitous. Remember Attack of the Cybermen? Felt gratuitous doing all that continuity. Oh, no, it's
0: not. It just feels perfectly natural. This is her life. We've lived through all of this with her.
1: Well, and the last thing as
0: well is... It's been built. We've seen her have Peter, you know, we've seen her come to the collection, all of that.
1: The the one thing that we always, they stressed in the New Adventures is that she lost her mother Mm. because her mother went off to fight in the Dalek War. So bringing in the Daleks, it stirs up all of that as well. And also
0: on the CD, it came with that closure, which was on the Buried Treasures one. You know, where she goes back and they talk... That's on the
1: second disc. Yeah. Oh, and don't you love as well? Um, just to go back to Braxy Tell a second, just like a man of luxury, listening to classical music in front mm. of a roaring fire as the world's going to as hell going, around yeah, he's him. he's in this sort of, yeah, he's. Oh, kept, he's so and it's like cool. people are they're waiting on him in a way yeah, in his house. Yeah yeah, 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 He's being randomly tortured and he just goes, well, it's very tiresome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the mansion house turns into the TARDIS. Yes,
0: of course. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazingly good, this. Because they're asking, like, where's your TARDIS and stuff? And he's like, I'm not totally you where, it, you know, and they're standing in it, basically. Like, I agree with you. I do think the
1: Axis are a more interesting prospect than the Daleks because the Axis are people and the Daleks mm. are effectively robots. Mm. Um, but then you get the great moment where the Axis and the Daleks are fighting each other because the one thing the Axis hate is other aliens aliens, and they learn that the people that have been in charge of them the whole time are aliens Aliens, and they turn on them so even that's Mm. quite clever
0: what about um nicholas briggs doing the daleks then well no nicholas briggs didn't do the daleks in this i didn't realize that yeah
1: um apparently um he was asked by gary russell again and again does it sound right has has david darlington done them right um and he's quoted as saying well they're never going to be good enough are they he
0: went his daleks were okay
1: Oh. So, yeah, I feel as if there's a bit of contention. I mean, this there. is after
0: Dalek Empire has been made. Yeah. You
1: know. Oh, I thought it was quite refreshing to have different sounding Daleks, wow. actually, for once. I don't
0: feel I can't tell the difference anyway. <laughs> the Daleks <laughs> are Dalek, whoever does
1: it basically. The sad thing about um, Death and the Daleks is Gary Russell had a really terrible time doing it. Oh. Like I think his direction is good. Yeah. But he says uh, he's quoted as saying, I remember not loving doing the Dalek story because Apparently well, he was just so much. He was do. doing loads of Doctor yeah. Who stories, he's he's overseeing the whole range, he's trying to do these Bernices. Yeah. And he said, I had a studio with too many people in it. Trying to do too
0: much in a single day. Yeah, I mean, if you get Beverly Cressman and Louis Faulkner together, you can't tell who's who so, around <laughs> chatting all day.
1: <laughs> and he says Bloody that's chilly. <laughs> it's, it's a shame because it's a brilliant script. Yeah, I do think this is, is a brilliant is. script.
0: Oh, it must have been fun if they were all in the studio together, though. I, I but, like oh. uh, what we have from Paul Cornell so far Shadow and the Scourge. Just shudder on the skin.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is the better script than that. He
0: doesn't do man. Oh no, he didn't. He do um seasons of fear
1: with oh seasons of fear. With, I think this um, is a better script than yeah. that as well. Oh yeah,
0: he's sure. t- he's having to it's juggle Beniz. a he's lot doing of his characters. Creation is where you know. But but he's
1: doing this new version of Benice that
0: he didn't create, and he's doing yeah, it but he's, brilliantly. He's done life. He's done the book as well before. So you know me, I'm not know? I'm
1: not the biggest Cornell fan, but I props where it's due. This is great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, it's a, a good it, finale. Cornell does say originally, um, because Bernice is narrating the story, and you and me love narration, don't I do, we? Yeah. And she does manage to push the story along brilliantly. Mm. Um, originally, Benny narrates this from her deathbed. That's what it was supposed to oh, be. Oh, no. And he said that he, he didn't want to do that because he thought, one, it limited the range and it might kill off any ongoing interest mm. if we know that she can't die at any no, point. No, because she just
0: narrates it. It's not even like Dear Diary. It's just, she just narrates it, doesn't she? She just says.
1: Well, isn't she just telling the academics at the end? Isn't oh, that, that was
0: it, done? yeah, because it's like a year later and she does, like, the wreath at the... She's like, we're going to remember right the at the very end yeah, the yeah, people. Yeah. It's well, like it's, a year it's, later. It's remembrance, isn't yeah. it? So
1: again, there's more yeah. Second World War parallels. Yeah, yeah I just love it. I, and I love how, at the end, the, the gardener who's in it, Mr Crofton, he sacrifices his life, and now finally they bring in Hass the gardener, who's a ice warrior, played by... Nicholas Briggs! Oh. But he doesn't. No, no, when we get Hass but When he passes
0: later on, he's not played by anything.
1: He is, he, yeah, is he? He is. Oh. He's, he's good as well. Mm. No, Briggs does great eyes for us. Doesn't she
0: have sex with Hass or something in the Summer of Love? What does she yeah, do with Hass getting inside? She's having his, sex with everybody. Doesn't in, she get inside his suit and do something? Or they go to or, or something? Here. Yeah, anyway. She's insatiable <laughs> in the Summer of Love, I'll tell you. Yeah.
1: I'm going to be bold and say just war aside, this is the strongest Benny story to date.
0: Oh, I mean, I still have just war and some of those early ones up there, but it's definitely a high, It's definitely out of these ones. I think it's just having them all together and having that group and collection.
1: Yeah, and, and as a sort of enticement for those future seasons, mm. you know, when you get the freedom of information, that sort of draconian Mim War stuff mm. all with the collection characters. Oh, I can't wait. Because this got me excited, mm. so I'm sure that's going to get me excited as well. And I just think, <clears throat> for... You, you remember that uh, document, that dossier in the, you know, Welcome to the Collection. Mm. There's a picture of the collection and it. how it looks like. And then there's a breakdown of each of the yeah. characters. Finally, that all just feels like it's bearing fruit. And because we've had... We've had a Bev story, Bellatron instrument. We've yeah, had a stories, yep. We've had an Adrian story. We've had Joseph stories. Now... Just having them as an ensemble, it just works like gangbusters. Mm, yeah. Bravo, Gary Russell, for your <laughs> Benny Summerfield ensemble.
0: I think it's stronger than last season.
1: Do you? Oh yeah. no, I think, I think in terms of consistency, last year was stronger.
0: No, no, I think these are really great. Even the Poison sea I mean, the Poison Seas is my least favourite out of these. But no, I really enjoyed them. I appreciate them much more than I did.
1: I wouldn't choose to listen to the Bellatron incident again, but the other three definitely, oh, and Death of the Daleks is up there. Uh, so, what do? You, is there chronology for this?
0: Well, let's. I'll just update us well, on the chronology do... moment. overall oh i've redesigned the chronology by the way i'll have to, oh, have to thank see so in the, <laughs> in the just the whole... like you redesign this so, fucking house every five go. minutes i mean there's nothing in between last series of Benice and this series um, so it's just going to go straight after are
1: we doing a whole chronology moment for you to just say it's four
0: stories after the last four stories well, no, i'm just showing where we are in the grand okay. scheme of everything Ooh, look at the graphic there isn't it pretty <laughs> And I've put in. So you put some hard but work this. This is a this. call. We really need Lisa Bauman to narrate Life During Wartime audiobook because we've had so many others. Mm. But there, I think mean, there's later ones that have been done, and also the, the earlier ones, up to you know Glass Prison and all of that. So I've put that in our. What's the big hunt done? Overall, big hunt's been done. Yeah. You know what that sounds like? I don't know. Really? I know. <laughs> but All of those have been done. So I don't know why this one hasn't been done. So we need that because if you are looking overall here at your the audio adventures of doctor who in chronological order chronological yeah you know what i mean (laughs) there's not going to be it's going to be a big gap so let's hope we'll get to do it doctor who fans do not like a gap do they (laughs) (laughs)
1: they've never experienced a gap that's why
0: (laughs) so anyway there we are that's what we're looking like at the moment it's just straight after the other series not any other seven here is
1: superb thank you how much effort did you put into this
0: well i'm putting it all together and then once it's all there i can just update it as we go along thank you you know our
1: biggest hoe luke malloy this is his favourite part of the episode, so I'm sure... <laughs> well, there sure wasn't
0: much this week, so...
1: <laughs> he's going to go, you've had this place redecorated. Hmm, don't like it. <laughs> OK, well then, shall we move on to some oral audacity? Oh,
0: that's a quiz. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> OK, you go first, go on. OK. Question one. Mm-hmm. So, we all know... The Rutans appear in the Bellatron incident, but what other Big Finish stories can you name? At least one other Big Finish story that the Rutans appear. Oh my God! On audio, and there's quite a few.
1: Yes, uh, the, we listened to one the other day: the Battle of the Giant's Causeway.
0: Oh, Santarans versus Rutans. Okay, that's yeah. quite recent. That's obvious. Is there another one? Go on. Give I don't think one. there is any more. There's. You mentioned one to me. Before, when we were talking about this story. What, on this episode? Not on this episode, but when we were talking about...
1: Did I? Heroes of Sontar?
0: Nope. Oh, I don't know then. Tell me. Uh Were well, they in The First Sontarans. Ah, The Lost yes. Stories. Lost they're Spons? also in... <laughs> embarrassing. Uh, the Castle of Fear. Oh, were they? Yeah. The oh, that's, first, did you remember Lisa that one?
1: one? Yeah. Weird. Shakespearean comedy drama starring yeah. Peter Davidson. They're
0: also in the Tenth Doctor Adventures. Expiry dating. Oh, I've not heard that one. Mm. Anyway, there you go.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, my planet. My question is quite simple. What grade planet is Bellatron?
0: Oh shit! Well, it hasn't got any human contact, so it's grade. Which way does it go? One.
1: Correct. Yay! <laughs> oh my
0: god! <laughs> so I think this is the first time we've got a question right in like a million episodes. <laughs> god. Okay. uh, Okay, so these are the Draconian. Mm -hmm. Um, He studies Earth a little bit and everything, and he has an Earth toy in the bath. What toy (laughs) does the Draconian (laughs) have?
1: Quack, quack.
0: It's a rubber duck. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Did did you love that bit? Yeah. I really love that bit. Um, A bit of lightness in a very dark story then.
1: Well, here's the darkness now then. How many Draconians committed suicide on Trinagos? For the dark flame cult. Oh. It's quite a lot.
0: Two thousand.
1: Uh it's more than that. Oh, I don't know. Twenty million. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a big cult, that is.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cult. <laughs> okay, you'll um the sea devils appear in the poison. Yeah. Can you name some other big Finnish stories that the Sea oh. Devils turn up in? <laughs> well, no, I'm doing it so we can all learn. You always do themed questions. <laughs> We're all learning, aren't we? Uh, you, can, you think of one question
1: and do it four times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Sea Devils also... No, they've not appeared in any. Oh, no, they're in a Unit one, aren't they? Unit Extinction.
0: Okay. They are in Unit Assembled, assembled. Tidal Wave. Oh. Uh, they also appear in the Ninth Doctor Adventures. In hidden depth, the seas of Titan. Oh,
1: exciting. Okay, well, I got that wrong, didn't I? Um, Bernie says in The Poison Seas that she kept the time rings from her wedding. Yeah. That's, oh, bugger it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the question? <laughs> what story were they first introduced? Well, happy ending. <laughs> I imagine <them> instead of <laughs> our wedding. I knew oh, that damn anyway. it. Oh, my God, you got two royal right. I knew that anyway. My
0: God. Okay. Um, People are going to start thinking so you've got a brain. In Death and the Daleks, yeah. we know that Braxiotel goes off in his TARDIS with everybody in it. Mm. Yeah. But it, true or false, this is the first mention and confirmation that Braxiotel is a Time Lord. He's been referred to as a time mm. They do True say or
1: Card- Cardinal Braxiotel, don't they? Yeah, because Gallifrey's not been on yet. It's the first.
0: Yay! Yes.
1: Okay, well, we know that Braxiotel goes off in his TARDIS. <laughs>
0: we do, because
1: <Yeah. laughs> he's a Time Lord. <laughs> but before that happens, right. what type of tea does he drink as he waits out the war? Oh. I just wanted to say it. Chamomile. Lap sang su shong. Uh, <laughs> I, I won that. You got two right. Yes. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I'll make the tea then. Okay. <laughs> well, look. Well, well done. I've got to say, um, going to Bernice.
0: I love going to Bernice. Yes, yeah, so do I. I can't wait for the next time.
1: Well, is that quite far Probably. off?
0: Probably. Oh, what a shame.
1: Well, look, I know I'm going to be excited where we're going next as well because one of our surprise highlights. Of an early Big Finish episode was. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. So next time it, it is series two of the Tomorrow People. Yeah. Which by, neither of us have heard yet. No, no, no. So this is the range exciting. we really
1: know sod all we about. We don't
0: know anything about. But what are the titles? Okay, and the titles are a new Atlantis. Oh my god, that amazing. The Power of Fear.
1: Oh, that sounds like a Who tile.
0: The Curse of Caven. The Curse of Kevin? Caven. C-A-A-V-E-N. Curse, Caven. The Curse of a Caven. Curse of Caven. Okay. And Alone. Alone? Yeah. Who's writing those four? I don't know. We'll oh. have to find out next time. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure we've got our favourite Ellen Goldwyn. Is it Ellen Goldwyn? Ellen Goldwyn. What's her name yes. in it? Oh, God. And uh, what's her name? name? Stephen? I, so. in these ones? I don't know. I know nothing oh, about this. really know too much. So we'll have to find out.
1: We have to say, we did love the first round of Tomorrow People Audios. it a while, yeah. And
0: didn't you say recently they've been
1: trying to renegotiate the contracts? I,
0: think, I don't know. Well, they're out of the guy who. They, the rights have gone back to the original guy now. I don't think they're out in America or whatever anymore. Oh, you see what I mean? So it's all up for grabs. Wow. <laughs> From one obscure Doctor Who spin off to another. Oh, we better jaunt over to our next story.
1: do you know what What? do you remember that episode when she jaunted into his bedroom I know and he he got out bed naked I know Kimmy Schmidt did it didn't she
0: oh my god that was the first episode I don't know although do you
1: remember in the last series of the audios we started to notice some simmering sexual tension between Helen Goldwyn and (laughs) that fella from (laughs) Colditz. well well let's
0: find out what happens let's find out
1: if they're gonna be finishing big